Hello and welcome to FYR for your reconsideration. The film podcast that racks a shotgun shell of a forgotten movie into the old cinema rifle under the bed and pulls the trigger to see if it still fires. Will it go bang with dead aim success or click dully with the hollow resonance of an impotent dud? With me to find out are Simon and James. How are you boys? Good, thank you. Good. That was very hard-boiled this week. Yeah, that's a little bit. No, I was thinking of, you know, Uncle Duvet, I've still got your shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and ironically, the star of tonight's film could never be described as an impotent dud. So. <laughs> he absolutely cannot. More of that later. Hint, if you didn't know what you were listening to or what we were covering, actually, you'll have clicked on the title of the episode. What am I talking about? Um, it's uh, There was a clue to it in that intro. Anyway, uh, James, what have you been watching? Uh, so we are covering a Paul Verhoeven film tonight. So I watched a bit of Verhoeven in prep for this episode. Uh, so Robocop and Total Recall, both pretty good, if you ask me. You know, that's my yeah, hot take well, on yeah. those movies. <laughs> um, yeah. but on, what movies? With regards to sort of cinema trips, uh, it's been very um, movies based upon products for me over this half-term period. Uh, once again, congratulations, Rob, on surviving yet another half-term with the Kitty Winks. Yeah, peace and love, mate. <laughs> and to you too. Uh, yeah, but you have it much harder than I do. <laughs> I've only got one of them. <laughs> Is that another reference to bacon again? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we went out for a family trip to catch the new Super Mario Brothers movie, Ooh. which I will say is controversially better, but not as memorable as the 1993 Bob Hoskins starring version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 illumination, it's fun, it's fast, it's colourful, it's 90 minutes long, it's a fight! <laughs> <laughs> If Chris Pratt can get away with that, so can I. Um, I mean, it's been an incredible success. It seemingly has a license to print money, and it encouraged us to get my son a Switch for his birthday. So so well done, Nintendo. Winning on all counts there. <laughs> buy your son a Switch or buy yourself one by proxy. <laughs> it's, it's a gift for the family. That's, that's how I would put it. But yeah, I, I'm certainly going to be using it. I think my wife has got her eye on it, to be honest with you. She's looking at the Animal Crossing games and uh, she's looking quite intrigued with it by that. Yeah, my kids absolutely love that. I've just downloaded the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, so that's been getting, been getting some good mileage. Holy Moses, what's that one? Are they the SNES originals? Uh, you can you can get the SNES, ori- like all the originals, oh, like wow. all the arcade games, but there's also a new one as well um, called Shredder's Revenge, which is like a updated version of the beat-em-ups. Oh, oh holy shit, that looks good. amazing. Very, Lovely. Very good. I mean, it's all in like the 8-bit style, but oh, it's, cool. um, well, it's very good. It's very, Absolutely very love good. Because I'd finished GoldenEye, you see, so I'd done oh, GoldenEye on man. the... Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I get to play Which that. Which is excellent. You get to play that. You really have to remap the buttons, yeah. but uh, once yes, you do you and get used to it, it's 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 fantastic. So good. That game is incredible. They, re- they need to remake that properly and have like a proper... Yeah, just proper remaster it and would it lose its it charm though if it had like super slick graphics? That's a concern because they did, didn't they? They they put they did a like GoldenEye Reloaded or something like that, and only put Daniel Craig in instead of Pierce Brosnan. Oh, did they? Wow. Yes. 
Well, balls to that. You can't do that. Smoke a fat one. <laughs> yeah. Right, I've got... That sounds even better. Right. Like, wow. Right, get out. Get out. <laughs> it's just really... It's really good. It's so good, that It's a game. great game, isn't it? It's, and it, it's so timeless as well, isn't it? That, like, And I think they got all the small things right. Like, the gun sounds in that game are just like no other gun sound in the world. They feel so chunky and meaty, and every time that you pull the trigger, you want to pull it again. It's, yeah, it's so really good. Really good. It is missing the Z button on the N64. Oh, it pad, is. Yeah, you yeah. need that. Yeah, the yeah. lovely trigger, gun trigger N64. Oh, anyway, so sorry. Segway, gaming segway. On to my second uh, film, which was all about product placement. So I went to see the new uh, Batfleck movie Air. Ooh, so, oh, nice. As long as you're sort of able to swallow the frankly hilarious idea that billion-dollar global sporting brand Nike was in any way an underdog due to the fact they had a bit of a mediocre basketball division in the 80s, Air proves to be a supremely enjoyable dad movie filled with top performances, entertaining dialogue, and a soundtrack filled with certified 80s bangers. The whole film is anchored by Matt Damon's inherent likability and his Tom Hanks-esque ability to play regular guys who are really good at their jobs. He's easy to root for, and the film would likely collapse were it not for his sturdy, steadying presence. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a movie about the power of mass marketing, so in the long run, who gives a shit? But... I must admit that I got a kick out of seeing a grown-up workplace drama on the big screen, although I would have called it We Sold a Shoe. <laughs> Very good. Very lovely link. Lovely Very Matt good. Link. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, cool. What about, uh, what about you then, Si? What have you been watching? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't really been to the cinema that much because I've just been so busy. I mean, I haven't spoke to you guys for ages, and I should have a, a big long list of films, oh, yeah, but I honestly no, haven't seen that much. Um, but yeah, the the one film I did go and see um, was uh, John Wick 4, because yeah. I'd, I'd only ever seen the first one ages ago, and I just didn't remember it at all, so all the, all the, the first three have kind of landed on the various streamers, so I watched all those before going to watch the fourth one. Um they're all right. <laughs> but everyone seems to absolutely love them, and they're they're good. But I mean, I I, I mean, I, I don't really get it. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's all about fight choreography, isn't it? I mean, the stories. And I I do find a lot of the mythology a bit like up its own fundament. Just put it lightly. But watching Keanu Reeves just blast people in the face from two inches away is just. Incredibly, incredibly good fun. <laughs> they are, they are good fun, and I, I, I certainly think, I think the fourth one is the best sequel by a distance. Oh, do you think I so? think it's really, yeah, it's really good. good. Yeah, one, I think yeah. it's really, really good because the first one's amazing. It's really like low key, yeah, and it's like you really get a sense that John Wick is really hard. And then because that was just like such an unexpected hit, these sequels have come out and they've got loads more money. And it goes a bit mad, and this mythology just gets more and more mental as it goes on, and the sort of backstory of it and all that sort of stuff. And it's, it is fun and it's interesting. But yeah, I thought the fourth one was 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 jolly good. But the only problem for me is that they're really long. Mm. I don't think they need to be. Yeah. No need for them to be that long. Yeah, there's no need for them to be that long. They're ninety minute movies. That have, I mean, this one's nearly three hours long. Really? Yeah, it's just what it's just really long, really long. I mean, the, the the sequences are really long. Like, every single mm. 
action sequences are good. Like the shortest ones are like at least ten minutes. You know, the main set pieces. Yeah. Of just people getting blasted and thrown about, and I mean the stunt work's unbelievable. Hats off yeah, to the it's got some, choreography. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. It's got some incredible moments. And and honestly, genuinely, I, I saw someone say this before I'd seen the fourth one and I was like, nonsense. But it should genuinely be in with a shout for an Oscar <laughs> because it <laughs> shot really well. And like it looks incredible. And like the first two, uh, two and three, kind of I, I kind of didn't like the neon thing. It didn't work for me because it was just kind of oh, I've just put neon in the background. There's no real reason to it. But with the fourth one, it makes sense. And it's like, it's in nightclubs and it's in Tokyo Mm. and it all makes sense. But then when it goes out of that and it goes to France and Paris, it's like flame and candlelight and things like that. And it all makes sense. And it looks, there are moments in it, you're watching it going, whoa, this is a well good looking film. And mm. not just Keanu Reeves' beautiful head, yeah. but uh, it's <laughs> his head. <laughs> that's how, I'm talking myself around. It's really good, actually, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So, so they were a, they were a fun watch. Um, and off the back of that, one of my favourite bits of that was um, Scott Adkins was in the fourth one in a fat suit, just doing roundhouse kicks in a fat suit. <laughs> and uh, r- randomly, I watched uh, a film called Avengement. <laughs> Uh, on Netflix, <laughs> I reckon you. I reckon you dig it, Rob. It's I like a, I with a title like that. I am flipping digging that. Yeah, Avengement, and he just plays this like hardened, absolute nutcase who gets out of prison to take um, Avengement on <laughs> her, his 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 brother who who framed him and put him there. I, I'm fully convinced that Scott Adkins is the hardest man in the world after watching that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's absolute nails. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a random watch. I just It was like late one night and I was like, oh, I don't know what to watch. I was flicking through. You know, you're flicking through for bloody ages. Yeah. Can't find out. I was like, oh, it's too late for a big, long, serious one. Don't want to watch something I haven't seen before. And then because I'd watched John Wick, I was like, let's just watch another stupid action movie and then pick this one. Uh, yeah, Rob, I think you'll dig it. It's very Seagal. Oh, I'm, I'm it's, very, it. it's very it's very Seagal. And it also, like, usually when you guys recommend a movie to me in this segment, I forget the title immediately and have to ask for it again. I ain't forgetting this one. No, <laughs> yeah, you're not Avengement forgetting that. Avengement is no, not uh, getting forgotten. Uh, well, uh, Avengement. I think it's it's Avengement of it's <laughs> the Collins Oxford Dictionary, I think. <laughs> is it in there? Is that a word? I have no idea. So great. Very, very funny. Um but yeah, I mean, lastly, the last one I watched, I watched Black Phone, which I thought was superb. Yeah, I like that movie. It's good. Yeah, really, really good Stephen King-esque horror movie by Scott Derrickson, who did Sinister. Um, and I was led to believe it wasn't very good. And it's not. It's, it's actually really, really amazing. I really enjoyed that one. Cool. Ethan Hawke as a super creepy guy. And it's funny you say it's Stephen King-esque because the book on which it is based is written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Is it? Well, I did yeah. not know yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Boom. There's a little tidbit for well, me. Well, that sort of joins a lot of the dots. No, it's great. It's, <laughs> yeah, because it reminded me a lot of The Body and uh, It, Chapter One as well. There's a lot of that in there with the kids and everything. And it's, there's a bit, it's like American Werewolf in London in there. Silence of the Lambs in there. There's all sorts of stuff going on, but it's really, it's really good. I thoroughly recommend. 
Anyway, sorry, I've been rambling on for ages. Rob, what have you been? What have no, you been that, watching? That, that's another bunch of stuff that I'm desperate to. Uh, not a lot, you know, with the kids being off and everything like that. I haven't watched a great deal, but I do have one that is going to surprise you. Uh, so we were away on a caravan park in the south of Wales, South Wales, <laughs> the south of Wales in South, south Wales, of that and, uh, way. <laughs> um, and we had an absolute blast. But we were staying at this at this park, right? And every day there was entertainment on and stuff like that. And one of the entertainment like shows they said it was like you know it was stuff like singers and you know talent show and all this kind of stuff. And then one day it was just. Uh, a ring was put up in the <laughs> the main show hall and there was wrestling on. Some absolute legends came and battered each other <laughs> and the kids were all insane and this was great. <laughs> but it was, so it was um, free view though, you know, in the tellies and I wasn't taking any sort of like, you know, kit with us like dongles or DVD players or anything like that because we were out all the time. But one night we were sat in waiting for, you know, the kids to fall, you know, to snooze off basically. And Spectre was on the... Daniel Craig, James Bond film. Oh no! Oh no! Is it? Do I feel? Do I feel a rant coming? <laughs> no, I, it's, it's his best one. It's oh really? One. What do you think? I like Good. it. Yeah, it's his best one. If he'd, oh, truthfully, if they'd all have been of that sort of, I mean, it, it falls deeply into its own anus towards the end, <laughs> but um, it, for the most part, like. I I think it's his best one by an absolute distance, and it also includes this brilliant line where he wants <laughs> Blofeld. Oh, that's rubbish, by the way. Is showing um, <laughs> Madeline Swan a footage of her dad being shot, which is unpleasant. You know, no one wants to see that. But Craig says, "Turn it off." <laughs> In the probably the funniest line delivery of all time. So I can't stop saying it to anything. You know, like turn it off. <laughs> So great, absolutely love it. Uh, but yeah, so there's a surprise. I really enjoyed it. Um, family, not so much. They didn't like that, so it's way too serious, you know. Um, which, uh, yeah. Anyway, the other thing that I finished was Full Swing. I managed to watch all that, um, which I really, really liked. Um, and yeah, if you like golf, it's, you're obviously going to love that. And I also went to the cinema, Shock Horror, uh, I went just like James because I too had young ones <laughs> off school. So we, I went with the young lad to see um, Super Mario Bros. And um, is is that what we're calling it, Super Mario Bros? Yeah. Is it the Super well, Mario movie? All the Americans it... pronounce. I say Super Mario, but they all go Super Mario. Oh yes, Mario. It's Mario. It's definitely Mario. It's an A. Mario Lopez. It's not Mario Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Although now Mario Lopez sounds really crisp. Um, yeah, so uh, I went um, with another dad at school. It was like two of the boys wanted to go, like my lad and another yeah. dad. And I was like, I was a little bit nervous about spending time alone with this dad. You know, <laughs> like what are you gonna do? And we got in the in the cinema and. He unzips his like his rucksack and hands me a beer. Oh my man! Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say. Then he unzips his what? I was like, Where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, what a guy. Loved it. Um, the movie. I mean, obviously, I read the odd review. Um, and I just, when it comes to an animated feature, I just literally, I only read the v- reviews to wind myself up. Um, and The Guardian is always good at winding people up with the titles of their reviews. And they saw fit to actually review Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros, twice. Uh, the first one by Pete Bradshaw. Uh, wackily eccentric gamer guys fall flat on the screen 
Um, it's a disappointment to rival the first two stars. <laughs> well, as if it follows on directly. From I know, this. I know. <laughs> and then <laughs> a second review emerges days later, <laughs> as if we were wondering what the Guardian really thought. One star, game over for this lazy animated mess. <laughs> I mean, it's not, is it? Because it's just made ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, exactly. why are they even reviewing it? There's no point. I just don't understand. I, honestly, I don't understand. And it's just both, so both of those um, reviews are essentially a great big kicking for a movie that they've not understood. They've not understood. It's We talk about it so often, don't we? Like, this is a kid's movie based on a product that's got loads of nostalgia for grown-ups. It's there to it's sell products. It's a huge products, box ticker. Like, it's to, yeah, it's there to sell video games and for kids who like that video games and for grown-ups who like those video games to enjoy and giggle. And it's got Jack Black singing a song. Peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> it's absolutely ace. Jack Black has been right on the marketing trail. Oh, he, he has been it, plugging yeah. that oh, film so, so he much. should. I feel like, but he, he gives it a massive go and it's, it's loads of fun because of it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I mean, the animation at least... You know it's going to be solidly made. Oh yeah, with it being by Illumination. I read someone say, and I completely agree with this. It was like for every film critic who reviews Super Mario Brothers, um, every time an art house film comes out, they should get some kid juiced up on Haribo to review it, <laughs> and still like, because it, it's like like yeah, review these films as they're presented. It's yep. a it's an animated film aimed at kids. Based on a computer game, it's not high art. They're not aiming for it's that. Not, it's not just trying that. to be. I, Kids can have junk as well, you know. Like yeah, yeah just exactly. Brainless yeah. entertainment. Not everything has to have valuable life lessons to it. No. Yeah. Although they do sort of shoot for it, and I was, I did find it quite funny. Like, <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About like, how uh, Mario but... has to learn to believe in himself and <laughs> be the best plumber he can be. <laughs> It was cute and harmless. It was really cute. I thought it was cool, and like I thought, t- like they were funny. There was a lot of funny lines in it, yeah. and and like I didn't expect it to be about jilted people get jilted at the altar, and like WMDs. <laughs> didn't think it was going to be about that, but it is. <laughs> oh, I, I do need to add this one anecdote to uh, after our screen. It's like, oh, we we come out, and I think my wife enjoyed it more than me and the boy did. But like we 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 all enjoyed it for, uh, fine. We're like saying to our son. Oh, what was your favourite part? Oh, the bit where the uh, where the dog had his head out the window. Went, what bit was that? I don't remember which scene that was. To, you know, explain it to me. Anyway, it transpires that we were uh, driving to the cinema and we went past the car <laughs> and a dog had his head out the window. So I don't know if that's a good review of the film In or fact, not. That would be my favourite <laughs> moment of the trip as well. So <laughs> the entire film he was just thinking of that. It's like, ah, oh, that was good times. Good times. I do. I do. Yeah, take, yeah. When I take my son to, to the cinema, I do tend to watch him more than I'm watching the movie because it's usually, you know. We'll watch it for that. I've got very little interest in, and he was yeah. very much invested in it. And he did. He, he was on the edge of his seat, and like, like it, towards the third act, he was, he was like, uh, he was getting really into it. But he's not too familiar with Mario because he doesn't have a game console. Yeah. But I like how you said Mario seamlessly there. Mario, well. Mario, Mario. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything else to speak of. I just. Uh, no, nothing else. I haven't watched anything else at all. Just life has been uh, an absolute blitzkrieg headlong into, yeah, busyness. Um, so should we get into tonight's movie? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I yeah. mean, 
Whose film was it this week? Um, <laughs> it was indeed. It was indeed. Such an odd pick. I can't wait to dig into the psychology behind <laughs> this it, pick. Is yeah. it an odd pick? It's kind of a weird movie. It was unexpected. <laughs> is it? Unexpected. <laughs> so, a cunning scientist goes see-through and loses his mind and morals in a veritable fountain of gore, blood and a buffet of nudie bits with an incredible turn from <laughs> Kevin Bacon, who is butt-naked Incredible! For... <laughs> <laughs> but who is butt-naked for 80% of his screen time via the use of revolutionary peen screen technology. Of course it is 2000's millennial Oscar-nominated Verhoeven banger, Hollow Man. Good morning, sir. Your team's in early today. Something special going on? Sorry, Ed. You know the rules. If we're gonna move forward, this is the next logical step. I'm ready for you. Here goes nothing. Sebastian, are you in here? So, what's it like being a ghost? Ghosts are dead. I'm very much alive. The question is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't be seen? You trust your eyes. You rely on your senses. Sebastian, this is not funny. think you're alone. Why did you have to go out in public? You have no idea what it's like. The power of it, the freedom. It's amazing what you can do when you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror anymore. But after he's got you... Tell us where you are. Sorry, Linda. You'll never be sure again. (laughs) This season... It could be here. It could be anywhere. There's more to fear than you can see. You have no idea how much fun this is. And of course, it was Oscar nominated for visual effects. Yes. Losing out to Gladiator. What a joke. <laughs> Uh, although that's really good as well. Looks quite that, was good. that just actually? Did it, it was quite good. Yeah. Did that? Was that really like trying to keep Oliver Reed? Oh no, Oliver Reed died, didn't he? I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's why it won the best visual effects. I think because they had to put Oliver Reed's head back on his <laughs> dead body, basically. and it was seamless <laughs> though as well. It was pretty good. Yeah. It did go. Yeah, for the time, very good. Yeah, because you see a, a Sopranos episode when Tony's mother dies when they were halfway through shooting the second series, and they try to do one scene with what Ridley Scott did in Gladiator, and it's it's so bad. I mean, obviously they didn't have the budget of, of Gladiator, which is a hundred million dollar sword and sandals effort, but it looks so bad. So, yeah, yeah, I can understand why they would... And plus, the other visual effects are really good in Gladiator. But, yeah, I think it was mainly for putting... (laughs) (laughs) Oliver Reed's head, bringing him back to life. (laughs) Well, you know, I would definitely say that um, sort of chroma-keying Kevin Bacon's undercarriage was more impressive. (laughs) (laughs) 
I agree. I agree. I know. Um, so more on the visual effects later. But why did I pick Hollow Man? Right. So Hollow Man came out in 2000. I turned 18 in 2001. This was an 18 over here in the UK. But there was a period when I was 17 where, yeah, no, it happened a bit earlier. I was like 16, 15, 16, where my mom would... Uh, I don't know why I've taken to saying that in an American accent. Mom. Where my mom, yeah, would, would, would rent... At the video shop, uh, eighteen rated movies for me, and this was one of those because I wasn't, I didn't look old enough to do it myself. Let's get that very clear. And uh, this was one of them. And I remember popping it. Um, I think I rented it on DVD. I think it was one of the first DVD rentals I'd ever done. And um, yeah, I popped the DVD in, and the start of the movie. Uh, you know, we'll get to the start, but it's a very visceral moment with a rat, isn't it? Yeah. And I remember just being like, "Whoa, this! We are not in Kansas anymore. This." is grown up and messy and wow and i love the story of the invisible man you know the sort of like the mythology of it in its traditional sense i really enjoyed i, I was going through a big you know at this point huge verhoven phase as well um i love kevin bacon as well love him in footloose love him in everything he's been in to be completely honest tremors you're a big tremors fan aren't you like- i'm a massive tremors fan and i love his investment in that um i do have ee e. broadband of course you um, do. <laughs> so i'm a massive you're shill, a shill for, for kevin, kevin bacon, bacon yeah uh but i've uh, literally all he's done for like 10 years it's just been i've not have that he's Gary been of, his... uh, of home broadband <laughs> <laughs> He's been he's been touring with his band, the Bacon Brothers. Yeah, he, um, he is doing so. a lot of TV as well. To be fair, he is. Yeah, he is. No, I just think he's ace, I, and you can always rely on him. And and I'm I'm building up to this moment when we can get um, this film of his, Death Sentence, on here, which is so so good. It's just so yeah, hard to find. Movie, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait to bring it on here. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. Scare uh, like not scary, scary, but like posed a lot of moral questions. I thought the effects were. Some of the best I'd ever seen at this point. Absolutely the best I'd ever seen. And uh, I'm watching it. Spoiler alert, they still are. So um, mm. I'm buzzing okay. buzzing to talk about it. Um, I love that you guys thought it was a weird choice, though. Really interested to that. Because in my head, it's like it, it's it's been a lock for a long time. I just needed the moment to do it, which is when I remembered last time we spoke. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But what are your... James, what's your relationship with uh, Hollow Man? Uh, very much the same as you. It was a um, video shop rental. I didn't need to get my mum and dad to do it for me, though. Like... <laughs> <laughs> basically just because the guy at our video shop didn't give a shit and just <laughs> just like rented anything to anyone who came in. <laughs> um so yeah, I definitely saw it on home rental. And uh yeah, also big Verhoeven pl- uh, fan, obviously because of the gratuitous violence and gratuitous boobies that are always in all of his movies. So uh <laughs> so yeah, I was looking forward to this. And then yeah, yeah, I watched it at home, and I've I've seen it a couple of times. I've definitely seen it more than once, but I can't remember exactly when or what would have. It probably won late night TV. Yeah, flicked it on. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. got that vibe to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, we'll always be always be featuring there. Cool. What about you, Sai? Um, I I must have watched Hollow Man on the Schneid because I was only. F- 14, 15 when this came out. But I I honestly remember being so excited for for it. Like, I don't know whether it was really marketed or, as James said, I was a teenage boy and there was boobs in the trailers and stuff like that. And I was like, ooh, this looks exciting. It's like a horror (laughs) film with nudity in it. Um, So it must have been aimed at squarely at teenage boys, I think. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it got me hook, line and sinker at that age. And I remember, I, I must have watched it as I say, on a Schneid 
pirate DVD or something. Because <laughs> um, obviously, won't be able to go watch it at the cinema. Uh, but yeah, I, I I remember loving it at the time when I was a kid, um, and I hadn't I haven't seen it for for donkey years. Oh, really? So, oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was. Um, interesting to to come back to it after all this time and see if it still holds up (laughs) i'm fascinated i'm really fascinated uh so again like like always happens i have no idea whether it actually qualifies or doesn't qualify um but uh james is it via numbers is it budget and box office no it isn't so the uh the film debuted at number one uh with 26.4 million in its opening weekend uh, during this time, the film achieved the second highest August opening weekend. This is uh, stateside, obviously, behind the sixth sense. After 15 weeks of release, 15 weeks, Hollow Man had grossed in excess of 73.2 million in North America and just over 117 million elsewhere, making a total of 190.2 million worldwide against its $95 million production budget. It was Verhoeven's biggest hit since Basic Instinct. Wow. wow. And it spawned a sequel, didn't it? It did. And his last American film. His last American film? Yes. He never made an American film again. He's only made three films since then. Wow. What? Yeah. I don't know what I expected <laughs> otherwise, because obviously we've not been hit by a deluge of Verhoeven joints. No. So what's he been doing? So have you guys not been keeping up with, with Paul? No. Oh, he's still a che- he's like eighty six years old, but he's still as cheeky as he ever was, right? <laughs> what? So we well, did that nun one, didn't right, he? Yeah, right? I'm getting to Benedetto that. Benedetto was his last one, wasn't <laughs> it? Right. So these are the three films he's made since uh, Hollow Man. So uh, one uh, Black Book. Have any of you seen this one? No. So it's basically it's a World War Two picture. So basically atrocities of war, but you know, sexy. <laughs> 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 then uh, a few years back he made a film called L. These are all brilliant by the way. I would urge everyone to check them out. And it's a provocative psychological drama about a successful businesswoman who gets caught up in a game of cat and mouse as she tracks down the unknown man who raped her. So you know, just nice light stuff from Paul as usual. <laughs> God. And then his most recent film is Benedetta. So this one is where he's just like, you know that Back to his best. <laughs> yeah, you know he's just going in there seeing what he can get away with, right? So, a 17th century nun in Italy suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions. She is assisted by a companion, and the relationship between the two women gets steamy. So, you know, he's still up to his old tricks, the dirty old perv. <laughs> I'm, I'm just on the IMDb page right now, and there's a character in that film called Lenance. Yes, there is, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't think don't it's pronounced quite like that, but <laughs> isn't it supposed to be quite good, Benedetta? I haven't seen it. They're but... all brilliant. All four, uh, all three of those films are brilliant. Oh, really? But you can tell that Verhoeven directed them. I mean, L, uh, the lead actress, is it Elizabeth uh, Hubert? Uh, she got nominated for an Oscar for her performance in that. She's amazing in that film. So they're all really good films. But he's obviously just touring around. Europe seeing who will give him money and these are the ones who got made imagine what he's pitching that isn't getting the green light <laughs> yeah so I'm a big a big fan of Paul's output I haven't seen his Dutch films prior to him coming to Hollywood but everything from Robocop onwards I have, I've seen and um, yeah I, I've always got time for him he's a very he's a very cheeky chappy a very naughty boy 
<laughs> so interesting. So, so interesting. But it, it's interesting, considering it was a box office hit, it's strange how this was the, the, the film that where Hollywood hung him out to dry. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. I, I haven't seen the sequel. I kind of want to see the Christ, it's Christian Slater, isn't it? it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird, weird, weird. And your man from Twilight as well, isn't it? Sorry. Oh, wait, who? The the uh, vampire um, dad, basically. Oh, it, is he in it? Vampires live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, now I'm even more interested. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the trailer uh, in research and it looked, looked fun, you know. I don't think it's got the same budget. No. I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> so they put the made the best bits in the trailer and not really saved much in reserve. <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, what what uh, if if it's so it's not the numbers then is it uh, uh, is it it must be critical then surely is it Sai? Oh, I mean yes, yes it is. Oh uh, dang it! Hello, man. Got a right paste in on release. Did it? Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with people? There was lots of puns. There was lots of lad. It's very hollow, man. Sort of puns, <laughs> um, useless. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that negative reaction is reflected in its Rotten Tomato score of twenty six percent. That's low. Yeah, and its Metacritic equivalent of twenty four, uh, with many critics calling the film bland, while others bemoaned Verhoeven's lack of his usual sort of satirical edge. Really, you know, like what you got with RoboCop and Starship Troopers and uh, Total Recall. Uh, with Tom Keogh of Film.com saying, the real invisible man here is Verhoeven, whose talent can barely be seen in this movie. That was kind of a, a shared view across the thing. Like A lot of people were, were like, I can't believe Verhoeven's made this film. He's, he's at his, mo- his most reserved in terms of what he is good at, apart from the tits, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so, sorry, that was so, so rude. Uh, there's no um, there's no sheriff this week, sadly, but his uh, San Francisco Chronicle colleague was not kind, saying the most surprising aspect of Hollow Man is the fact that Elizabeth Shue agreed to work in such garbage. It would be a blast of fun, the way truly bad movies tend to be, if it weren't so noxious and reprehensible, um, which was a view shared by many, unfortunately. There are those moments, yes. I fully... Have they seen his other films? <laughs> Oh, no, I was going to say, like, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, Sai. Please do. I, I'm going to have to weigh in at some point. Well, I mean, please, yeah. Please, please do. Um, yes. Uh, it it wasn't hundred percent bad though. Uh, there were some critics impressed by the special effects, including Roger Rebert, who did say it showcased some of the most intriguing effects he'd seen on screen around that time. Um, which I agree. I think they look really good. Um. Audience-wise, it's not much better, I'm afraid, Rob. 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, slightly better on Metacritic with a 4.9. And better still, I think, on Letterboxd, it's at a 2.7. Certainly not the worst we've covered in terms of Letterboxd. It's down there. You know, it's got some half-decent three-star all-right reviews, um, such as from long-time listener LJ Human, who give it three stars, who appreciated the B-movie premise. My man. Um, and... Uh, a chap called Chris Sumner, who also gave it three stars, saying, love Kevin Bacon, watch this film. Hate Kevin Bacon, watch it anyway, because you won't have to look at him for that long. <laughs> <laughs> very good review. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Interesting, that. Um, so, yeah. Bland? Mm. Calling this movie bland? What? Is- <laughs> well, that's not one review said that. I'm saying the general consensus is some were saying it was quite boring, and then a, a few were had problems with the perverse nature of it. 
Well, that's what he does. He's provocative. Yeah. I mean, I would say this is probably the least provocative film that he's made <laughs> since he moved stateside, to be honest, out of all. Yeah. If you go back through them... I mean, because Total Recall and Robocop are two of the most violent films I've ever, ever seen. Ever, ever, yeah. And they have, you know, the satirical edges on them. I think that's what people are maybe getting at. And it's something as well that Verhoeven himself got at. He doesn't actually like this movie very much. Mm. Uh, so the harshest critic of this film was actually him. So basically what he said was when he was uh, interviewed by The Hollywood Reporter in 2013 is, I decided after Hollow Man, this is a movie, the first movie that I made that I thought I should not have made. It made money and this and that, but it really is not me anymore. I don't think many people could have made Robocop that way or either Starship Troopers, but Hollow Man, I thought there might have been 20 directors in Hollywood who could have done that. I felt depressed with myself after 2002, which probably suggests to me that he wasn't kicked out by Hollywood. He'd stepped away. He stepped away. And it's six years between him making Black Book and Hollow Man. So we and he went back to Europe and to try and rediscover his spark again. Wow, as he sees it. Mm. So man, interesting. Really, really interesting. Obviously, did a number on him, but it it, it is a it's a big, pretty big budget, isn't it? Huge. For, yeah, ninety five million dollars. Yeah, that is very big, isn't it? I mean, most of that must have gone on the VFX because it's all kind it of one location, isn't it? Yeah. As well, <laughs> it's everything in yeah. one spot. I think. Although, the, well, yes. Yeah, so yeah. I've read somewhere that fifty million dollars of that budget. Went, went on the special effects. Mm. Wow. And it was uh, Imageworks, wasn't it, who did most of it? Yes. Who yeah. are responsible for uh, Into the Spider-Verse uh, most recently. Awesome. And um, a lot of Sony's animated stuff. I mean, I, I, I think the VFX is brilliant in this. Yeah, should we just speak about that for a moment? Like, the VFX is, is next level for me. I still don't understand how half of it is done at all. Yeah. Um, but so much of it is so seamless. Mm. And I, I honestly don't think, like, I haven't seen the Elizabeth Moss sort of companion, well, it's not really a companion piece. It's sort of like it's an update, updated telling of the Invisible Man story, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how you could want, more than what you're seeing here, you know? They approach it in a totally different way. Right, right. In that film. That film is really yeah. good, by the way. That I'd film is really is really good. But in terms of how they did the Invisible Man effect, it's very similar. They, you know, basically a guy in a green suit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in terms of when he's interacting with things, but the transformation yeah. is not the is not the same yeah. principle, yeah. So in terms of the, like, inventiveness of how to film this and how they did it, hasn't changed over the years right, by right. that by that much at all, which is a testament to this, actually, I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right, because it's 23 years old, Beth. Yeah, and they Jeez. they really, like, Kevin Bacon really committed to it by yeah. not being in the film visually for the vast majority of it. It's just the suggestion that he's there or him in a horrendous rubber mask. Have, have you, yeah. Have you seen the, the behind-the-scenes footage of him running around in a green suit doing acting and stuff? <laughs> it's so... And in a blue suit as well with the lovely hair. It's so great watching him, like, the alternate cuts of this, like, with him in different paint schemes <laughs> running around. Yeah. So, uh, to commitment and... A good bit of like sort of test work and you know yeah. ingenuity and and they they pulled it off for the most part. I think I think it's generally really good, especially the where he's an invisible man knobbing around and you see literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> 
six degrees of Kevin's bacon. Uh, <laughs> so much schlong. Um, as James said at the time, I don't know if we were recording, not as much as uh, I'd hoped uh, in terms of the peen department. Or remembered. Yeah, I remember there being a, a massive amount of schlong in this. And, you know, for, uh, I'm sure we've all seen the 90s classic uh, Wild Things where he's... Yes. Oh, yeah, he gets his... He's in that he gets his bacon out in that as well. He gets out the uh, the shower at one point. It's like it's just been converted to 3D for that one shot. Flying <laughs> <laughs> out the screen at you. So, yeah, I thought... Yeah, no wonder he was happy to run around the set with his... with his wow. winkle picker hanging out. With his winkle picker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, I, I mean, I, I think, like, at the... Um, you know, the bottom bottom line, I think in terms of the technical stuff, it's pretty good. Yeah. And yeah. I think that was reflected critically as well. There were some, quite a few actually, you did point out that it does look really good. I mean, did look really good at the time. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people reviewing it now would say it still looks pretty good. It, it might be a generational thing. Maybe maybe younger people will think it looks crap. But yeah. I, I was impressed for most yeah, of it. me too. I thought. Me too. Even the monkeys and stuff. Yeah. Thought all that was amazing. You know, it's like proper creature feature, isn't it, in a way? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mega, mega, mega. Should we dive into the movie itself, then, in which case? Absolutely. So the first big thing that comes up for me is during the um, credit sequence that looks like Spooge (laughs) mashing together. (laughs) Yeah, that's, like, really bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's really, really shoddy. (laughs) Who is Elizabeth Shue's... Agent, because she, right. he or she needs a raise because she gets yeah. top villain. Top villain. <laughs> she does, yeah. That was the first thing I wrote down, like, Elizabeth Shue gets top villain. Uh, yeah. The dude who's nude for 80% of the runtime. Like, I mean, I like the Karate Kid as much as the next person, but come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God, You're yeah, not giving just... enough to this project, Bacon. <laughs> uh, is it because he was the villain and they didn't want to lead it with the villain, maybe? I don't know. It's... But I remember this film being... Because it's told almost entirely from his perspective, isn't it? It, it is, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the approach. Whereas, uh, for instance, the Lay One Owl Invisible Man that Rob referenced earlier is is told from the protagonist's... Um, it's not told from the Invisible Man's perspective at all. I mean, we've had this in the past, though, where, like, Jack Nicholson, he got the top billing in Batman 89, yeah. mm. you know, despite being the villain. So I was very surprised when that came up. Not that, you know, not that it matters in, in any way. I was just like, well, surely Kevin Bacon's got more got more juice at this Sway. point. Yeah. 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 What, what, what's Kevin Bacon's, like... Um... What's his filmography around two thousand? Was Stir of Echo? Was he hot around that time, or was he? Was he? Maybe was he not. Because of... the thing is with Kevin Bacon is like he's really well known, but he's more known as sort of a for me anyway. Outside of like Footloose, he's more known as sort of a supporting actor mm. than a than you know necessarily a leading man in his in his own right. So like I'm just looking at his. Stir of Echoes, yeah. uh, Wild Things, gets his knob out. Um, <laughs> Picture Perfect. Picture Perfect with, uh, well, yeah, he's the romantic interest. Sleepers is a supporting role in that. Apollo 13, supporting, supporting role, in, role that. in that. Yeah, a lot of them are supporting. Yeah. River Wild was a pretty big one. That's a good So movie. much good stuff. Ooh, that could come onto this pod. 
I think that qualifies. Yeah. A few good men, JFK. Oh, JFK, I watched that a few, a few weeks ago. Bacon steals that movie. He's only in about four scenes. You're a good-looking man, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he in that? Is he like a copper or something? No, no, he's a... He's, um... A homosexual inmate in the prison, and he's a whistleblower. And Kevin Costner comes to see him, and as he's leaving, he goes, "You found a good-looking man, Mister Garrison." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen JFK actually. It's That's really one, good, actually. It's one of my blind spots. Oh, it's long. It's long, and it's preposterous, but it's it's really really good. It's probably the most dangerous movie that Hollywood has ever made because it legitimises right. conspiracy theorists to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, <laughs> it's the the one of the the court scene at the end is absolutely amazing. It's incredible. It's like uh, you like going, oh yeah, this nutcase is making some very very valid points. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Because he's played by Kevin Costner. He's like, you're just waiting for... Tell me about how jet fuel can't melt steel beams, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Want to hear more from this guy? Yeah, it's really good. I should give that a whirl. Yeah, it's very good. Kevin Costner, I could um, potentially swing that. Kevin Costner's got got high stock in this household. Oh, Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Probably probably (laughs) swing that one. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right, though, James. I think Kevin Bacon is more of a supporting guy than a lead. I mean, obviously he pops up as lead in in a few films. Like He is the lead in Tremors, isn't he? Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, really curious that he's not top billing. Such a good filmography. (laughs) Really eclectic. Love it. Oh, loads of really eclectic choices. And yeah. Yeah, not that he can't be a leading man, but I think his most memorable parts are where he's sort of part of a really strong ensemble. So like JFK, A Few Good Men... Sleepers isn't a great movie, but he's really good in it. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, he's terrifying in Sleepers, isn't he? Yeah. He's the bad guy in that, isn't he? He's the prison warden in that. Yeah. But yeah, Elizabeth Shue, top dog, top dog in Hollow Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Josh Brolin. It's a pretty stacked cast, to be fair. It is. I took, didn't realise Josh Brolin was in this. Very handsome, very ruggedly handsome old Thanos. Not as hairy as I would have imagined, to be honest. <laughs> well, he was only... <laughs> Insert age here. How old was he when he made this movie? Oh, I don't know. He's one of those guys who's always looked forty-five years old. <laughs> oh, when was the Goonies? He was what? He was what? Like a teenager in the Goonies. That was in the eighties, wasn't he? So, so what is he like? Early he's like thirty-five. 30, I bet. Even though he looks 32. While we're on to that, should we do Bacon and Shoe? Well, Bacon's got to be like late thirties. Thirty-nine. Forty-two. Forty-two. Oh. Looking good. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue's similar. Yes, yeah, she was in the Karate Kid, so another 15 years on that, I would say. About 30, 37. 30, 37. Yeah. Oh, 37. Yeah. I do, I do like, I don't know what it is. It's, I think it's just because, huh, look what they're doing. Now let's do Younger Greg Grunberg. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know that. <laughs> I don't know. Another guy who's looked the same age for the last 30 years. <laughs> oh, very cool. Right, let's uh, let's get into this movie. Um, as alluded to earlier, um, yeah, once we've seen those credits, uh, a rat is released into the thing and the music is like, well, the music, let's talk about that for a second. This is Jerry Goldsmith, isn't Incredible. it? Incredible, yeah. Yeah, and it's is it his last, one of his last? Scores? It's one of his last ones, yeah. I don't think it is actually the last, but uh, it, right. is what, it is one of the last ones, yeah, because he, he passes away in 2004, I think. Yeah. Well, I liked it sort of like... 
you know, little sort of meandery strings that are quite. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I have to be honest; it's not. It doesn't go many places later, but I really like the uh, the the sort of like early question marks that it yeah. offers. Yeah, I, that's what I liked. I liked when it was like quite soft and yeah, it was a subdued sort of question marks over over the its its lead man. Um, rather than the big actiony bits, but I yeah. thought the, the in between bits were really good. I'm pretty yeah. sure he reused or used similar movements to the uh, Basic Instinct uh, score, just because I kept getting like little phantom twitches yeah. from my adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very familiar with that music, with that chord progression. <laughs> <laughs> My groin is very familiar with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sheesh. Um, so, uh, yeah, this this um, uh, this was when I realised the effects were going to be insane when this rat gets picked up and eaten by, uh, I'm guessing it's by Isabel the, Agri- uh, the Gorilla, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which gorillas, do, obviously, they don't usually sort of do that, uh, which is mad. And a suggestion that um, later on, you know, that obviously being... Uh, invisible kind of makes you lose your mind. Um, so, but I, I have no idea how they do this. I know it's VFX. I know it's in a computer, but it still looks unbelievable when this thing gets picked up and it's head bitten off and mashed up and all this, and it's yeah. just like a popping mass of red mm. stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of like nice little setups at this point, is there, with the gorilla, where it's like you, you get yeah. The um, well, the effect for one of like you know the 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 blood going on its mouth, and you sort of see the outlines of its face, and then um, is he called Matt in it? Um, Josh Brolin comes and and sort of tries to attend to the thing, and then he gets these thermal goggles out, which uh, there's a lot of heat heat sort of vision camera work going on, which again is pretty cool as well. Yeah, and I like the design of the goggles; they're really sweet, like <laughs> they're really cool. Obviously, that's not how they work, but uh, they look. <laughs> They look really cool, nevertheless. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, you get in the obligatory introductions to all the characters here at this point, aren't you? The motley crew of scientists. They're not um, that aren't motley at all, actually, apart from no. Sebastian Kane, who is Kevin Bacon, who is a flashy dude, and you know this because he drives a Porsche, has floppy hair, and he <laughs> he does he wears a long black leather coat. Oh yeah, uh, the yeah, two thousand millennial sign for yeah. woo. <laughs> Unless it's the naughty's metal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As if like Skunk and Nancy made it onto the Hollow Man soundtrack. Is that who it was? Yeah, that's the set the first song, and I'm not sure who the first song is, but the when he goes out later on it's Skunk and Nancy. I thought that's it was it. Evanescence. That was the wrong uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, that that was more like what Daredevil era, maybe like two thousand and two ish, maybe yeah, another yeah. couple of years. Music has really moved on. It's like a real real leap forward in those two years. I used to love that shit as well. I was proper into it. Still do. I'm not not apologising. Fifth Ave on a Wednesday night during the new metal years was incredible. Yeah. I actually was was looking at the soundtrack. I think Nickelback pops up on the... Of course. uh, They were on every naughty soundtrack. You're kidding me. (laughs) What a band. What a band. Not apologising for that either. Um, <laughs> who was it? Some some big singer said recently that Nickelback have been given a hard time. <laughs> it was like leave them alone. Like, they are honestly they're brilliant. I'm not having it. Not having can't, it. Remember, can't remember who it was. It was like Billy Eilish or something like that. Victims of their own, own success. Yeah. yeah, so good. Um, anyway, uh, 
they oh yes, they're prepping Isabel for some test stuff. Yeah. Uh, because she's invisible, uh, which is great because there's an audience you're like, wow, how is this going to all play out and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah. And they send in Josh Bro- No, actually, no one sends Josh Brolin. In in one of the worst safety moments of all time, <laughs> Josh Brolin opens a door, which isn't locked, and just gets in there with a gorilla. Which probably He's invisible. Him, like, gorilla, serves yeah. you right, you idiot. <laughs> You idiot man. And not only is the, is the is the gorilla in there, you can't see it. You idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I, I mean there's holes in the in the bars. He could have done this through the bars, surely. Just, like they had a tranquilizer gun just there, just one rock pop pop a cap in it. Oh he doesn't it. believe in that, apparently, but he's happy to have his hand chewed off. <laughs> I mean it's hilarious, isn't it, really? It's absolutely hilarious. Um so but Isabel is dragged, well, she's hunted down and shot, basically. Uh, tranquilized, sorry. <laughs> she's not just gunned down and murdered. Um, she didn't exactly hunted down either. She's no, like stunned just... by a locked door, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> End yes. of the road. Um, and you get into, but, but like the lovely little storytelling here, you're getting a geography for the place. Yep. There's these tunnels and stuff like that. And I can follow it. I still can't totally follow where everything is. Because I've not seen a map or anything like that, but I know there's a central corridor yeah. which goes around in a sort of a curve. There's a great big lab. There's a little mess area that's off the lab, and then there's this lift shaft where you can go up and out because they're buried miles underground somewhere near the Pentagon, which is all very cool. Like it's, yeah, it's top secret science yeah. stuff, isn't it? Military oh, science yeah. stuff. Seriously, is. And um, yeah, Isabel uh, comes in, and this is like the first like like major jaw drop wow moment when Isabel comes back, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really good. So the whole thing is, is they've they've cracked how to turn people in uh, things invisible. Like no problem, but they've had trouble bringing animals back to being visible once more. And uh, yeah, uh, Bacon cracks it, doesn't he? Mm. He cracks reversion. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which well, those... just looks like a game of Tetris. I mean, I don't know. Or look, putting little bubbly boop a boop, put them together. <laughs> boop a boop. Do they stay together? Yeah, they do. Yay! I like how they, they really dumb down science for idiots like me. It's like, oh, make yeah. it look like a game. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that there's one Yorkshireman in the, in the production meeting. like, just don't get it. Don't, no. <laughs> mumbo jumbo. <laughs> yeah. Legend, and yeah, this like the effects are astonishing, and like they, they just keep being astonishing in other ways. You know, like when it's coming back, and the, the gorilla is coming back in like yeah. increments, and it's mad, it's insane, and it works. And I just, I love, I love the attention to detail. I know for this movie, they um, mapped the entirety of Kevin Bacon's body down to the last capillary and donate, they've subsequently donated it to science. I absolutely love the Hollywood's addition <laughs> gift to science. It's Kevin, Kevin, Bacon. Kevin Bacon down to the last atom. Do you think that was utilised oh, or just so good. thrown in the bin immediately? Like, <laughs> like Oh, thanks yeah. for this. <laughs> Completely inaccurate, absolute rubbish. I don't know why I took it like it was on a floppy disk. <laughs> have you not got George Clooney or anyone? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll have no no more of that. Yeah, I think this is what sort of out. I bump against <laughs> in the movies. Like, um, so the basic story plays out is that Kevin Bacon is like he's an egomaniac isn't he um he's got a god complex but also like is really good with women because he used to go out with elizabeth shoe but isn't really good with women because he's like a peeping tom on his neighbor 
And I just don't buy that element of it. It's like he's Kevin Bacon. He's driving around in a Porsche 911 or whatever the hell it is. Now, if you'd cast maybe Rick Moranis in this role, <laughs> more believable. Wow. I mean, in the... I mean, what's absolute slander on Rick Moranis? <laughs> Look, we've all got our gifts in life, and his is playing a bumbling nerd. I just don't buy Kevin Bacon as like a... A sexually frustrated nerd, an incel, if you will. Yeah. Well, yeah. He is, isn't yeah. he? Um, I, I I love this. In now in the pantheon of alternate Hollywood histories, Rick Moranis might have been <laughs> bedecked in blue paint, <laughs> throttling people as <laughs> Sebastian <laughs> Kelly. Oh, the images. Um, well, I heard he was first choice, but because Moranis had retired by that yeah, point, uh, it, could, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a subversion that that you want from a Verhoeven picture. This is it? I know. Well, like, can you imagine if he'd shown up on set absolutely hench as well, <laughs> stacked out, <laughs> steroidal Rick Moranis, <laughs> choking out Josh Brolin. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so they get the, the 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 gorilla comes back, and it's amazing. Um, and I love that bit with the paddles, like the clear boom to yeah. get it back. Yeah, it's all very risky. This everything seems to very nearly die. They're just yep. about to do um, intracardio, uh, and put a needle in its heart, and the heart is like I love it all. I know I've said I love it all, but I really love it all. Um, and it's got that, you know, what's that like that fascinating level of icky? Yeah, like ooh. yeah. So I do like this film, but there are a few things that I bump up oh, yeah, against yeah. it, and I think. The CGI is is amazing. It really is, particularly for the time, and it's held up surprisingly well. Mm. But it just doesn't have that sort of Verhoeven squidginess that yeah, I'm looking for. Yes. Like, it, it, I agree. It's a bit clean, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a bit too clean. It, yeah. It's a bit like a, the drawing of a of um of like the in what your insides look like from a textbook rather yeah, yeah. than yes, yeah. what it would actually look like like the, the in RoboCop where the guy gets the toxic waste on oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Then he gets hit by a car and disintegrates. That's so ace. <laughs> we'll always be so ace. Always forget about that and then I'm always lovely like jumping up and down. Like, yes, the toxic guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do I, I do understand that, that actually. But then again it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Because there is a lot of bloodshed in this movie as well and a lot of practical effects. Yeah. But um yeah, you're right. Maybe it could have done with one more, like, proper... Oh, like, if there'd been an invisible... Someone invisible being, like, yeah, or something. Well, there is there is one sort of cutaway where you see one of the failed trials. Yeah. That did, it's just yeah. got this, like, ape oh. mush thing on the gurney. That like, is horrendous, Rrr. isn't it? Yeah. I love yeah. that the footage is am- it looks incredible, doesn't it? Because yeah. you see it sort of at like, a distance. Yeah. Some more of that, please, Paul. Like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that is. It's a massive gorilla with all its innards, like like a big soup, just in a bowl yeah. in its lap. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. But it's good because cause that's where because um, even though they succeed, don't they? They tell the Pentagon that they failed and they this need more time and more money. Yeah. And it's all down to Sebastian's sort of ego, god yeah. complex, because he wants to do it yeah. on his own and be take all the plaudits and all the credit for it for his scientific genius and bravery to do it to to test it on himself. Yes. Which is then how he becomes the hollow man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You Uh, can tell this is a top secret government funded project because there is no HR in this workplace (laughs) whatsoever. Because the first thing he does when he goes invisible is he's just walking around 
cock and balls hanging out. <laughs> like obviously no one could see them, but like he just like goes up to two of his female colleagues oh, and yes. just like gets them in headlocks like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh sexual harassment from the invisible man. <laughs> Just being slapped around by an invisible schlong, and it's oh, like, oh, I dear. can feel it on my leg. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, there is a lot, but that's that's where Verhoeven starts being Verhoeven-y, though, isn't it? You know, when he's yeah. he's doing that sort of, because it is kind of body horror, isn't it? In a way, like, your your personal space and your comfort is being invaded by something you can't yeah, see so that's that is naked. The, <laughs> like, that's the elements that he's clearly most interested in. It is, isn't is, it? Yeah. Is the voyeuristicness and the mm. and the someone lurking. Yeah. A lot of it is shot from his perspective, isn't it? In oh, yeah. First, yeah. Particularly in the first bit, yeah. when he first becomes invisible. A lot of it is from his perspective. And then it kind of shifts the the more sort of questionable his behaviour becomes it kind of shifts yeah shifts around more to Elizabeth Shue's sort of point of view. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? The more he becomes invisible, the more detached from the storytelling he becomes in a way, isn't it? You know, like yeah. we uh we, like we literally can't see him and we hear less from him, you know. Um you've got also um this sort of horrible dynamic where Shue and Brolin have to lie to the rest of the colleagues. So the colleagues don't know that the Pentagon haven't said they can do human trials or whatever. They've just yeah. said, yeah, they've let us do it. And they get um, Sebastian all nudie bared up, ready to go. And there he goes. And it's another staggering transformation scene. It really is. Yeah. And uh, I love how it's like while he's dissolving into nothingness and his layers are peeling back, still Kevin Bacon. You can very much see it still. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, sure, Looks yeah. well yeah. like him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's invisible. And then all the like the mad stuff begins to happen. It's sort of like, uh, what's the word? Unravels and extrapolates from there as uh, Sebastian Kane's mindset goes um, mm. and goes further and further south. I mean, it does go, but he's already sort of a dick anyway yes. to begin <laughs> yes. with. Like, this is true. It's not like he's like a really nice guy. Again, why my Rick Moranis casting would have been genius. Because it's like, oh, it's a little Rick Moranis. Oh my God, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing? Lovely Rick Moranis. <laughs> I, just, I just like how from this point on, it's like, it's just seeing... Um, Kevin Bacon's Todger in a lot of different CGI <laughs> geysers. <laughs> is that a bit of? Yeah, it is. Yeah. So you get you get infrared Todger first. Well, no, you see his real his real one first. Yes, when he's you do. Um, yeah, just in the bed, and then you see it infrared uh, on the heat and infrared. with all the heat goggles. <laughs> That's all I was watching at this point was just see how many times I could see his Todger. <laughs> uh, well, right now that we've got <laughs> Todger <laughs> the real. <laughs> The real, you know, meat of the issue, quite literally. Um, it, it, his commitment, can't really fault his commitment. No, because this is, a, yeah, he, everyone's like, oh, he's hardly in it. It's like, no, he has to wear that horrible rubber mask for quite a lot of scenes. Oh, yeah. He's in there. So he's probably got, to achieve that effect, I would think he's got the, like, prosthetic mask over the top and then he's probably wearing, like, a... Like a... Green man. Green man sock over his head underneath. <laughs> He's probably bumping into shit and all sorts, like so that they can space out this uh, the space between his eyes and it, 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 where his mouth should be. And uh, yeah, that's all really, really well done. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's all good because it like in all those bits with him, you get a real sense that he is there with all the like physicality of yeah. it between the actors and the stuff going on in the room yeah. as well. It's not like, I mean, I'm sure there was a little degree of this, right, where it's it's sort of things on wires being pulled about or them pretending to hold something, and it's but for the most part. There's a bit of weight to him. There is, yeah. The same with the Isabel, the gorilla as well. Yeah. And you've really got that sort of tangible feel that he's there. Yeah. It, it's just it's done so well. And it's just such a classic way to do it. And it's still the best way to do it. And it, it, it's because it looks so good. Yeah, I think, yeah. I was stunned again at how well it, it stood up all this. Um, and it gives you such, like, it feels like a sandbox, I think, in a way. It can't have felt like a sandbox for those making it because... Seriously, I've watched a couple of the behind-the-scenes documentaries, just a little, you know, the short ones that you get like, yeah. as part of the press kits and whatever, and someone's put them on YouTube, and it just looks like so painstaking, everything they did to make this work. Like mm. multiple, like shooting things multiple times with the exact same camera move to get like, you know, blank plates of things and all that kind of stuff, and it just looks like it's a craft this it's like an immense craft Definitely. and like visual effects like this don't often get the recognition that they deserve yeah so it's really really good that it got it got the nod at least for a nomination for an oscar um then we we have bacon just going mad well he goes very he goes just like his first thing is is like yeah i'm just going to be he goes straight to sexual assault, essentially. That's, yes. Mm. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. Not much middle ground, is there? There's not much. No. No. <laughs> you know. Uh, and it's. I don't know what the time frame is. You know, like how long has it been since he? About twenty minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Since he became invisible, the first thing he goes for is like, I'm going to go and start feeling people up. Yeah, there's no oh, like, oh, I'm going to nick this chocolate bar from the garage or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's the real minor, <laughs> minor thing to I would kick have loved off with. That. That's what Rick yeah. Moranis would have done. Let's, yeah. Hench Rick Moranis would have definitely gone and stole a Twix. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell a lie, he does move Elizabeth Shoe's can of Coke at one point. Yeah, oh, the cheeky little fella. <laughs> Although I think actually he's actually already he's like gone back a step there. Yes, I think by yeah. that point he's already gone and done yeah. poor things, hasn't he? Um, because he's he's does start feeling people up, doesn't he? And it's not it is, and I suppose I was thinking about this. You know, like if you can't be seen, you're denying sort of like one half of the the sight experience, aren't they? The sense experience, yeah. So the other thing is, like, to be acknowledged by that person because that person can't look at you, you would have to touch. You know, you wouldn't touch in this way, <laughs> but a maniac like Sebastian Kane might. So maybe that's why it accelerated his uh, naughtiness, I guess. Because then we very quickly get, he decides he's going out, and then suddenly we're at this point where the really repugnant moment of the film happens. Yeah. Where um, he just... I mean, I don't even want to say it out loud. It's that horrible. Um, so, yeah, he goes and does something terrible to the lady who lives opposite him. And um, it's really appalling. And apparently in earlier versions of the movie, it was extra appalling. Yeah. Which oh, is horrible to think, really. Yeah, they took those scenes out, didn't they? Because, I mean, by his own admission, um, Verhoeven wanted to make something that was more straightforward, conventionally commercial in terms of a blockbuster. Yeah. So that's why you. So he does have still his proclivities because if you're going to hire him, then he's going to do what Paul he Verhoeven, does, and that yeah. is, <laughs> and that is to provoke as well. Um, and he's going to explore 
the darkness and the perversion of what would happen to somebody who is not a good person mm. if they suddenly had the power of invisibility. Yeah, and when uh, he says that great line, um, actually, there's a really good line, isn't it? That it's amazing what you can do or you can let yourself do if you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror. Mm. Um, and that I think that like that's where the Verhoeven, I think, that wants to be Verhoeven wants to explore i think that's what he wants to explore and those are the themes that he wants to look at and not necessarily of course all the uh you know just the the hollywood tropes or whatever um and i'm so glad that they took that stuff out i wish that that you know i i get that he's horrible that he's disgusting guy but that really is like what he goes and does there is proper tipping point stuff isn't it really well Um, yeah you would hope so (laughs) <laughs> yes, well it, well, it is, yeah. <laughs> As in, in terms of audience empathy for the character. Yes. There is Although Verhoeven says that some people are still with <laughs> Yeah. He's spoken to people and said that they're still with him after that. But like, yeah, those people need real... Like, I think Verhoeven it's because spoke to him, it's positioned like, that he's the protagonist to begin with. Yeah. Although if you pay even the slightest amount of attention, it's like everybody in the lab hates him. Oh, he's yeah, a dick. yeah. He is. I, I don't even know why they went and took him to dinner earlier. <laughs> you know, why did they go with him? I don't understand. I bet he didn't even pay the fucking tubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I left my wallet in my other long flowing black leather jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he goes back to the lab and he concocts a plan basically to kill everyone because um, he wants to stay like this forever now. If they can't cure him, he's going to blow up the lab and go and live as an invisible man somewhere else and have a jolly good time. So he kills his um, uh, his boss, his old uh, uh, lecturer, um, in a really awesome little set piece at the pool. It's yeah. Lovely home, lovely steamy outdoor pool. Yeah, William Devane, another guy who's been the same exact same age his entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was born as a as a sixty five year old man, <laughs> and he's always some kind of colonel or general. Yeah, yeah, yeah just some yeah, yeah. Suit, <laughs> military like, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I love that. Yeah, he chokes him. Seeing an, an invisible man underwater who is totally see through. Yeah, liquid dong. Choking out a dude. Liquid dong. Liquid yeah, dong. yeah, there we go. <laughs> liquid dong. Wasn't that like one of the Wu Tang Clan's albums? <laughs> uh, and it's it says, but they realise that he's the only person that knows, because uh, so that now mm. he's dead. Um, if Bacon, sorry, Kane, and his invisible dong kill everyone then he can get away with this wonderfully. Yeah. So he, he sets up a big big old trap and murders a lot of people in very gruesome ways. Yeah, it just becomes a slasher movie, doesn't it? It does, essentially, yeah. It does. And yeah. for me, this is where it sort of comes off the rails because it's yeah. clear that like Verhoeven's that. the least interested in this aspect of it, of the story, I think. And again, I'm just looking for a bit more like of his personality coming through as a filmmaker. Sort of like what? What some of the reviewers, I think you can see it in the middle act where he's doing more of the voyeuristic and exploration of of evil mm. that he's doing in the middle act, and then in this it just becomes sort of slash affair with really inconsistent powers for the invisible man as well. He's suddenly like superhuman <laughs> strength and indestructible and cannot be killed no matter what happens to him. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, did I miss a note or a piece of exposition that, oh, it'll give you all these other abilities? 
as well, being invisible. <laughs> I didn't. No, because I, I found that particularly very jarring at the end, towards the end with Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue and a flamethrower. And I was yeah. like, surely that would kill him. Well, that's right, he's in, dead. In, we go, invisible yeah. or not. <laughs> it's still burning his invisible skin and invisible inside. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean... At this point, it is just a let's pick off the team one by one it in is, varying yeah. ways of gruesomeness. Yeah. There's some cool bits going on. I yeah, think the, the Kim Dickens stuff is 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 good, where she's throwing the blood packs. On yeah, them to that's try and really reveal good. Them. That's yeah. like yeah, that's, uh, that is cool. That's quite nasty in the way that it's it's done there. But again, he's like all of a sudden he's like bloody, he's like the killer. You know, like Chow Yun-Fat is just snapping people's necks and, like, mm. hoisting Greg Grunberg up, who's not a small guy, yeah. right, by one arm. <laughs> yeah, that was like, weird, yeah. And then yeah. throwing him into a pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Bloody really Dave weird. Batista up there. <laughs> yeah. I, was, uh, I had fun with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know what you mean. There is... Unexplained, like it's not been really said, like, oh, it's going to give him super strength or whatever, or yeah. any of that kind well, of stuff. Well, the thing is, if it's sort of said, like, oh, um, and because obviously he's no longer visible, his other senses become more heightened, some bullshit like that, I'd go, oh, yeah, fine. That's yeah, I'm with that. you, actually. I'd be like, yeah, that's yeah, cool, yeah. Right. yeah, all right, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I guess it's like your own limitations and the sort of bars you set yourself are kind of gone. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's possibly a tenuous way to look at it, I think. I mean, it doesn't explain why his skin would burn away. It gets electrocuted the, as well. Yeah. Get, gets electrocuted. Falls down a man shaft. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just a bit silly season, isn't it, really? It's just yeah. uh, the indestructible killer a la Halloween and... Freddy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and with some grotty effects as well thrown in. With um, mm. uh, a ma- immense full human body burn going on at one point as well. Some stunt. Oh man yeah, yeah, that stunt man absolutely it. knocking it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, they're 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 leaving. They're they're going up, climbing up the lift shaft. Bacon isn't dead. It's one of those classic slasher tropes of yeah. is the killer dead? Not yet. And. Um, yeah, there's a rumble up there. He falls down. Really great Alan Rickman-style slow-mo CGI death. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, which, which really looks like Kevin Bacon, doesn't it? It really does, CG, yeah. yeah. It really, it really does. does. Well, it's, it's with science now. It was that good. <laughs> it's with science. <laughs> it's the umbrella term. It's I do like now. the uh, the part where Elizabeth Shue is locked in the freezer with, um, with dead Kim Dickens and dying Josh Brolin. <laughs> and... Uh, she uses science to escape. Yeah, that is science. good, actually. That is that very is, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go science. Yeah, yeah, so. very, very cool. Um, yeah, that, yeah, uh, and she's a good, resourceful character as well. And um, although I thought, like, and this is pure Verhoeven, isn't it? Where he he does blur, blur the lines, uh, particularly in in the the sexual themes of his movies. You know, like because she's a bit, still a bit too touchy feely with. Um, Sebastian came for my liking. Oh yeah! If yeah. I was Josh Brolin, be like, can you can you just not do? You're not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't. Can you not? It's not really helping me. That don't do that. No, I've already got an inferiority complex. Yeah, him. the women rock up to work with just little cardigans on and nothing else. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little loose, tight-fitting cardigan. But that's Verhoeven, isn't it? Verhoeven. <laughs> Control yourself, Paul. This is what we wear in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> we do 
doing hard science. Hard science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed that nobody else has broken the home and out. <laughs> oh do you know um who this is off the imdb so it might be bullshit but there was another actress potentially uh who was offered the role of linda mckay oh oh i think i think i saw this i don't want to ruin it i think i know it is oh i think i did yeah is it was she on a film not long ago she was yes uh jennifer lopez wasn't it absolutely yeah but obviously uh didn't want to get typecast you know she just Dealt with a massive anaconda in the jungle. Didn't want to be dealing with Kevin's in us. <laughs> God, that was a round the houses way to get to that. That was so good. So good. Oh, that was a scenic route. That. Unwanted, yeah. I, like, do you have anything that a, a non sort of terrifying serpentine beast battle movies, please? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um Kevin's Bacon versus Anaconda. That's a <laughs> that's a sequel I would watch. <laughs> versus Lake Placid. Triple place. threat. The place. <laughs> Triple threat. <laughs> uh, um and then the movie ends with one of those die hard style pullback oh, shots. Yeah, yeah. It's ace, I love that. They they're so die died out, I love them. I wish they I come mean back. these guys are in loads of trouble. Like William Devane is just gonna be he was already like, You've lot of sacked and now they're probably going to prison Josh Brolin and <laughs> yeah. Well they can spin it whatever way they want. They're the only ones who came out. I suppose, yeah. And yeah. William Devane is dead as well now, and he's the yeah. only one that they've told, so yeah, all right, yeah, cool. Yeah. I think, imagine like, do you guys know what happened? No, no idea. I do not know what happened down there, uh, but we'd like another job. Can, can I ask a question? Why is um, Kevin Bacon no longer invisible when he's climbing up the mine shaft? Is it because of his burnt skin? Does that make him visible again? I think that's the suggestion, but he got electrocuted, didn't he? Oh, yeah. See, this was another unexplored thing. I thought that there was an element that electrocution or an electric charge are kind of crucial to the whole process. Um, because yeah. that's mm. what brings Isabel back. He needs it at one point as well, and he gets electrocuted here, doesn't he? So I thought it just like mangled him up a bit, like yeah, yeah. And I'm sort of like yeah. half ear and half not kind of thing. That makes that makes sense because yeah, the, the science they did make a point of the defibrillators, didn't they? They did, yeah, yeah. Both Isabel coming back and him going. So yeah, that that makes sense, I guess. In, enough sense for me to go. Yeah, cool. yeah I think yeah. so. I think yeah, so. yeah, fine. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and the movie endeth. And what are your best bits, guys? So it's hard to look beyond uh, Sebastian scaring those asshole kids when he goes <laughs> out on. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to his new metal and his Porsche. <laughs> Uh, but on a semi-serious note, the uh, the voyeuristic De Palma-esque wanner outside Linda's apartment yes. when he finds out that Brolin and uh, Shu are doing the bad thing. Mm. Yes, that's beautifully shot. And you feel like these are the elements of the film that Verhoeven is most interested in, putting you in mm. the POV of the, of the antagonist, essentially, and seeing how far you'll go with his voyeuristic tendencies. So, yeah, that's probably... There's a few of those shots as well yeah and that for me feels like when he's really cooking and these are the elements of the film that he's most interested in i think brian de palma might have done a really good job on this yes you're right actually yeah i'd love to see most directors take on the invisible man myth to be honest yeah Mm. or story so it's not really a myth is it 
Um, <laughs> Him and Verhoeven could have had a perv off for it. <laughs> and get Cronenberg in to make it extra body icky. Extra gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, what about your favourite bits, Ai? Um, mainly technical bits. I really like when they're making him his little latex mask. Is really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, it, they're, they're pouring this over him, and it, and it sort of stops on his head, and then forms around Kevin Bacon's head, and it just looks really good. And yeah. it's so creepy that little like that having that mask when he puts it on. Yeah, and that's kind of like a bit more of this horror horror influence being thrown in there because it's really horrible looking. Oh yeah. But the bit that where I really sort of like went, oh my God, was when he um there's a barking dog in one of the test labs. Oh yeah. And he gets the dog out of the, the cage and you see it all through the infrared camera. And then he just uh, he just smacks the dog. <laughs> it's a proper crease. Honestly, I was like proper like Jesus! When I watched that, and and I read on the IMDb that the the humane animal humane welfare people had to check check up on the rushes, yeah, because they were like, you re- it looks like you've really killed a dog," <laughs> and it was just a bit of a, a bit of a switcheroo. And you do see it in the shot where he he kind of goes off camera very quickly and yeah. then comes back and he. Beans yeah, yeah, he, the... he he sort of yeah leans it back, doesn't he? And it's all part of like it's a lovely little sort of magic trick in a way, isn't it? It's a bit of yeah, it is, kind yeah. of thing. But it's done very well. Oh, it, yeah. I was like, I was like, blood Jesus, that is awful. Can we just <laughs> ask the question: What on earth were those people investigating? Thinking? Did they really think Kevin Bacon had murdered a dog on set? <laughs> on a bit? Well, <laughs> what are they do? I know it looks good, but like, surely, like people like. By that logic, the 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 actual Pentagon are getting in touch. Like, guys, I saw that you've made someone invisible for a movie. How did you do that? Like, <laughs> can we can we have that technology? Can we get some of that technology? Is this? Oh uh, no, it's, it's a fully mapped floppy disk of Kevin Bacon. That's all, that's all we can give you. <laughs> hey hey guys, have you have you heard about this this Death Star? I think we need to investigate it. Blowing up whole planet. So stupid, isn't it? Like, um, anyway, it is a really good effect. How, how does that rank in terms of <laughs> dog slaughter? Oh god! Mimic throwing those Alsatians against the subterranean wall. <laughs> Remember when we yeah, did Mimic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. no, that would have yeah. Those two two police dogs go down there and don't come back out again. They get absolutely slammed yeah, into do, a yeah. wall. That, that, and you actually see that, you know, you sort of like, I yeah. Anyway, I I, I yeah. Hyams had Petter on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, so my favourite bit, I think, oh, this is hard. it's tough. Because there's so many bits that, like, when I was watching it last night, it was like, oh, yeah, that bit. Oh, yeah, that bit. I love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's loads of it I really enjoy. Um, and I can't really think of any off the top of my head. I, I think I'm still going to go with that very opening moment because when I saw it the first time, it blew me to bits. That moment when the little rat thing gets his head pulled off. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, can't doll it up any sweeter than that, I'm afraid. Because <laughs> it was just, it was such a great effect and it really said, said oh yeah, this movie's going to be something. You know, there's going to be some some um, questionable things going on in the next uh, uh, hour and 50 minutes. Um, but... FYR, for your reconsideration, James Hollowman, what do you think? 
So, um, as we've sort of discussed, uh, Verhoeven is a supremely talented filmmaker, so he could likely direct a straightforward three-star special effects-laden slasher movie with his pervy eyes closed, (laughs) and that's basically what he does with Hollow Man. There are a number of brilliantly staged set pieces. The effects hold up surprisingly well for a film that's over 20 years old now, and a number of his usual Uh, proclivities remain intact but for me it lacks the subversive nature of his other Hollywood films you get the sense he's kind of half-arse in it and he's sort of said as much himself don't get me wrong it isn't bad at all and nowhere near as bad as its reputation would have you believe so if you haven't seen it definitely worth a go but I wouldn't say it's the most rewatchable of his Hollywood output but fun Mm. nonetheless Nice, nice. I think that's all very, very fair, actually. Yeah. Um, and I do agree. Yeah. Sai, what about you? Uh, no, I, I totally agree with, with everything James just said. There. I think I think my main problem, I don't, not problem, my thing, thing with Hollow Man is it's it seems to be one of those films where a story is kind of rushed through development and moulded around a single idea due to an advancement in technology, like someone has figured out how they could do this and then go, oh, we need to make a film on how to do this and and, you know what can be achieved in filmmaking with that technical idea and for the most part that's the best thing of this film the special effects are brilliant and still as James said have have held up really well despite the age of it I just think it's everything else around it just kind of um, is is just a bit it's fine it is a watch a perfectly watchable film perfectly entertaining um, there's a lot of fun to be had with it for sure, and it's and it's definitely better than its sort of twenty three percent thing. I think that is a, is a wee bit harsh. It is a bit gross in places and kind of does go uh, even for Verhoeven just crosses a, it has the potential to cross the line on on a, a couple of occasions. But no, if if you're in the market for a gnarly man that is invisible movie, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think this is a you know it it's it certainly. It's certainly a plus point on on that sort of particular niche genre. <laughs> it it would sit nicely along in a double bill with Lee Winnell's recent crack at it, um, which I I do think that is the stronger film of of the two, to be mm. honest. But um, I think it would be a a good double bill, and you get to see several iterations of Kevin Bacon's penis <laughs> <laughs> in various CGI guises. <laughs> More than six degrees of Kevin Bacon's penis. Oh, sheesh. Cool, guys. Yeah, I totally I agree with everything you've said. Um, I, I think it's it's definitely a film that's not without its faults. Um, but I just think like the attempt and the execution is so... The, the attempt certainly is awesome. The execution is, for the most part, awesome. It's really a story where this falls down a bit, isn't it? And, and, and mm. In the telling, so to speak. And that's always a trade-off, I feel, that you have to make when you invest so heavily into VFX and stuff like that. Something kind of sometimes often gives on this side of the coin, doesn't it? You know, And that's usually yeah. story and just getting it right. Um, I think... Um, in terms of performances, I've got no problem with anything at all. I think Bacon is incredible because he goes to like absolutely mad lengths for a guy you don't see. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's it's brilliant. Um, Shu is great as a sort of like leading lady in this as well. So um, so last really big movie yeah, she made as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, top billing and then nobody nobody picked up yeah, on it then after that. Really, it's a shame. Really, unless she wanted it that way, in which case. Cool. Um, Possibly, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, uh, she would have, you know, like, um, 
she went toe to toe with Bacon in this, and and you know was brilliant, and actually outbuild him at the start. So awesome. Um, yeah, the start. I just it holds a really unique, special little place uh, of two thousand me growing up kind of thing, and watching something that was proper icky and proper gross. And um, proper pushed the envelope for me in a lot of ways. Little did I know that there were other items in Paul the Homan's back catalogue that would <laughs> do similar things. I'm going to watch these new ones now. You've said yeah, them, I know, I know. Great. Oh, they're really good. Uh, but again, if you if you've never seen this and you've got a Friday night spare and you got a couple of tinnies, just go for it. Awesome. What are we do? What are we do next? I whose go is it next? I don't know what. Well. We're doing next. Well, well, it is our centenary episode. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah. I mean, most podcasts will have done that a hundred in like two months, and it's taken us like four <laughs> years. <laughs> four years. <laughs> I think uh, we've done jolly well. Good. Yeah, it's quality. It's quality over quality. Yes, or it it's is. not. I don't know. That's for the, <laughs> that's for the listeners. There's <laughs> at least ten that are good. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, what we're going to do, uh, listeners, is we're going to have a little get our, get our heads together and do something special for this one. We're going to get um, come up with a, a selection of four movies inspired by sort of like our greatest hits of our on one hundred episodes or ninety nine episodes, I should say, and we're going to um, ask you guys to vote on it and tell us which one we should do. Uh, there's going to be some familiar faces, some blockbuster names, uh, and some pure silliness as well. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, so, boys, thank you very, very much for, for chatting tonight. Hello, man. Yes, brilliant. So when this episode drops, we'll do the poll on the Twitter, at FYRFilmPod. So head over there. It'll be in the wheelhouse of what we normally... Yes. It's fair to say. Uh, Brilliant. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Tune in next time for our episode 100 special. Be good to each other. Give us five stars if you uh, if you feel so inclined on your subscription service of choice. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter for a natter, and yeah, keep an eye out for that poll. Um, say goodbye, boys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Marco Polo. Marco Polo. <laughs> what is the Marco Polo? Right, that's basically a conversation that happened on set. <laughs> <laughs> the DP is German and Paul Verhoeven is from the Netherlands, so they didn't have a clue what it meant. <laughs> what? What is this Marco Polo? Does that mean we need more peen? We need more peen? <laughs>